If you're playing sports, you'll know very well that injuries unfortunately come hand in hand. Joining us on the show this morning is John Shelvin, M- NMT, from Ratmines Chronic Pain and Sports Injury Clinic. John, welcome to the big kickoff. Good morning. Thank you for having me. No problem. Listen, can you give us a quick background into how you got into chronic pain and sports injuries and how it led to working with Leinster? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've always been interested in sports. I've played basketball quite religiously all my life, so there's always an, an interest there in movement and sport. And in 2003, I tore my cruciate ligament and went going through that rehab process. Um, didn't quite have the full rehab that I, I felt should have been. And I remember meeting a, a lady, a very good physical therapist in, uh, from the U.S., who brought me to a really good um, program, got me back up and up and running. And I just, I just felt that was my calling. I, I remember one day, I was like, I, I need to do this. Um, so I went and, and studied neuromuscular therapy. It was, was the first go-to. Um, and that was my calling. Um, I loved it, loved it ever since. So as soon as I did that, like class one, I was like, "Yeah, this is for me. I, I want to be a, a therapist." Yeah. And how did how did it lead to working with Leinster? Leinster was through my college, the National Training Centre. Uh, basically, had I put up a post. Um, one of the one of the, the main lads in there had contacted the college, and there was a little bit of send your CV in, um, and then go through a bit of a, an, an interview process where. We were, we were put to the test. It was uh, a couple of hard, grueling days to see if you could hack that, that amount of treatment on those big boys. And there was uh, 300 applications or something like that, and there was four of us picked out. I was very, uh, very lucky, fortunately. It was, it was really a struggle. Yeah, and uh, what is it like working on the, the Leinster lads? Are they... I mean, it, it must be heavy work. It must be hard work. I mean, if you... Them lads are, are, I suppose, bulky lads. They are big, big boys. But uh, technique comes into it. And, I mean, the, the first week that we were there, I remember we were putting in some big, big sessions. It was kind of putting us to the test. And then once we got the role, the sessions weren't that big. So we were kind of like, okay, we don't have to do those monster sessions anymore. It gets a little bit easier. And it's a little bit like anything. You adapt to it. Um, you, you do get used to it and if you can control your body then it's not too bad but yeah there was times when you're working on some of the some of the props and you're going as hard as you possibly can and they ask for more pressure <laughs> they like where do I get more getting very from? 50 and shades of grey here this morning yeah yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of that as well yeah we don't talk about that no no, no. <laughs> keep it in the dressing room uh, listen John, I just want to start off with, um, I suppose, the basics. And I believe, you know, people don't really adhere to it. Uh, rice. How yeah. important is rice? In this is, a, this is a great one, actually, Roy, to start off with. Because um, even the, um, the chap who created that has actually gone back and uh, reviewed the, the latest research. And that rice has gone out the window. <laughs> believe it or not. Um, so we know that some rest. Uh, the, the, the first part of the rice, the the, the, the rice, the um, the rest, the ice compression and elevation. So, uh, a lot of the times we're kind of told just you know take an anti-inflammatory and rest it up. Yeah. What we're finding now is that a little bit of movement, very localized movement, just very gently. Uh, an example of an ankle sprain is 
from maybe a day's rest, but after day day one or two, you're looking to move that joint yeah. as much as you comfortably can in a pain-free range. So we encourage blood flow into it. We get the body to understand that it doesn't have to be overly protective of this area. Um, ice parts, the days of you know the 20 minutes of ice and getting an ice pack onto the thing and, and freezing the heck out of it are gone as well. We're looking at putting some compression ice on for one minute, maybe removing that then for a minute and continuing that, that process. So that cold, hot, alternating therapy to A, flush fresh blood flow into the tissues. Yeah. We want to calm the inflammation, but we don't want to kill us. The inflammation is actually doing us a favor. It's a healing process. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to kill that off altogether. Um, so maybe the big things with it is actually getting things to move quite, quite rapidly. Um, uh, what about the elevation? Is that is that uh, elevation definitely beneficial? Yeah, that's that's one thing that would still keep uh, it as part of that. Okay. So, would the, but also with, with with the rice, I think rice ur would be another term that comes out there. With the last or being rehab, yeah, and actually doing a full body rehab. I think a lot of times we'll see that the person will rehab the joint, so they'll do a lot of ankle specific work, but maybe not build that up into a full body type work. Yeah, and making it functional for their sport. You know, we're, we're kind of do maybe some uh, resistance band work. Um, with the ankle, ankle feel strong, pain-free, so off we go and play. Yeah. And realistically, we need to look at what was the, the global impact on that ankle sprain to the rest of the body or whatever ankle oh. sprain, because it will have a global effect. Yeah, yeah. What about, um, this is one of the things that I, I never never really struck me that to, to work with sprays and creams. How effective are they? So, yeah, they're like your deep heat spray or your cool spray or... They're really treating the skin, yeah, um, and not much else. That's it. So, they so, can have a, as a joke with clients, they can have a huge psychological component, yes. <laughs> to them, yeah. which is beneficial in itself for sure. But actually, what it's doing at that local level is not not a huge amount. Yeah, yeah. Because we're at the football club. I, I would do physio up at the football club, and it's the exact same thing lads are there you never tell them not to use the spray you never you know if it's gonna if it's gonna psychologically help them then exactly. then great and they can work on whatever it is afterwards if it's if it's needed um Absolutely. how how should people judge if they should go to a doctor or physio first because you get a lot of people who i suppose would go to the doctor first and then they end up at a physio anyhow and they're down 50 quid or 60 quid in their pocket yeah, yeah. absolutely um I think looking at, you know, going to a pain and movement specialist pretty soon on uh, is, is beneficial. We look at people when we would ask them um, if they got injured during a match, say, could you play on? That would be the big one. Sometimes, yeah, I played on for about 10 minutes and then I had to come off. Yeah. The chances are you haven't done a huge amount of damage to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could hop them off, maybe not so bad. But if it was, I couldn't stand up, I heard a noise. Sometimes we hear a pop or a click, yeah. a crunch, and you cannot move on it. Um, would be an indication. Get that checked out. Also, if that pain is not subsiding to any great effect within a, you know the next couple of days, uh, it'll still be sore, and that's fair enough. But if there's no letdown in that pain, so you know, three days later, this feels the exact same as when it happened, then that's a, that's a good time to like, go get this checked. Uh, you get an X-ray on it, or you get an MRI on it. 
And is that is that something that when you're treating someone when they come in to you, it's obviously more beneficial if if they had uh, uh, the more information that's, uh, that they can give you, the better. Uh, so if an MRI was done on something like that, it gives you an information on on what you're treating and and how to treat it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's for an acute injury. Yeah. Definitely uh, x-ray, MRI, and get that cleared. We know what we're working with. Uh, I think the first thing that a therapist has to go through and then think about is first do no harm to the person. So if they have the all clear uh, from from imaging, that's brilliant. Then we can proceed. And saying that, there's a lot of people getting MRIs that will have just chronic pain. There's been no trauma to the area. And a lot of times they're sent for an MRI and it's not quite the most beneficial thing to be doing with that person. Because a lot of times, especially if you're in the case of, of back pain, the imaging will show something. It shows something with everybody. Um, but it doesn't correlate to pain. Yeah. So we'd all, you know, if you were to MRI my, my neck, you'd absolutely see that I had herniated a disc three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's still a remnant of that over there. But do I have pain in my neck? No. My neck is absolutely fine. Okay. So we kind of want to calm those fears a little bit as well. It'd be important. I suppose, John, nowadays, uh, with the elite side of things, there's more and more injuries, more and more kind of little tweaks and, and stuff. Is it more that they're just too finely tuned? Are they a bit too precious? Or would it be kind of knowledge within the medical department side of things in professional clubs? Possibly a little bit of all of that, all of the above. Sometimes we're pushing athletes to just be stronger, stronger, stronger. Mm. One I, I hear a lot, just get strong, just get strong. And we sometimes miss out on a, can you control your own body? Mm. Can we get the fundamentals down of, of movement first and foremost? Um, would, would be a big one. Uh, can you control your own body weight? There's sometimes people coming in to me and I would see that they may have a pretty good strength and conditioning program, but say they're a football player, they're doing a lot of deadlifts and squats. So this is you know, two feet on the ground, symmetrical bounce which doesn't really represent their sport. Yeah. And we need to push this person more towards single-leg squats, single-leg deadlifts, single-leg activities, and gaining control of their body first, and then trying to add strength or power. Mm. I think that's a big one. You can see it in the, in the snow and ice, trying to drive around it. You can have a lot of power, but if you don't have control and grip, <laughs> you're going nowhere. <laughs> That might be uh, something similar to that. <laughs> and I suppose uh, where I'm coming from as well, and jumping on to the next one, it, it's with the GA players now with their morning sessions, and then they go off and do their nine to five, and then they have their their evening sessions. And if they're doing kind of some of these programs, as you're saying, it like considering these are amateurs and it's their livelihoods that they're playing with. It, like, is there such a thing as being overtrained and overworked? Oh, absolutely. It comes into where you might find that that player has to go through a set program. And we need to make this more individual. And we need to have more contact with that player and feel, how do you feel today? What's your perceived exertion of that workout today? Mm. Maybe we actually have to curtail this and tone it back a little bit. Um, or else this might be a good day to actually push harder. So each day, actually, you kind of, you know, if you're not a professional athlete, you don't have someone monitoring you like that, is getting more in touch with yourself and go, how do I actually feel today? Do I feel up to this workout today? Mm. And if not 100%, it's okay to actually back off a little bit. And you can think of that as an elastic band. I've got two ways to move the elastic band. I can throw it or I can pull it backwards to send it forward. 
And sometimes these little regressions are super beneficial for the body. And then, and it, oh, sorry, go on. No, it's just tuning in for body and kind of listening on how do I actually feel today? It's like, yeah. I'm feeling a little lethargic today. Um, maybe it's not the best day to push so hard. But when you feel absolutely 100% you're feeling great, yeah, then, then go for it. But not every day or every training session has to be this 100% push to the max. This is where we're going to find players breaking. Absolutely. And then when they say rest days now, is there such a thing as a rest day for a professional athlete now? Is it one of these things where they literally, when it's a rest day, are they literally sitting on the couch or taking it easy and doing nothing? Or is there such a thing where are they on the massage tables or are they kind of doing... Yeah, there is always something to be done. We want to yeah. encourage that player then even that, you know, to even just get out for a walk and keep the body moving. Yeah. They're so finely tuned that a day or two of doing completely nothing yeah. can set them backwards a little bit. Jeez. And that, that's for sure. So even if they were to just go through a light, light stretching program, mm. um, a lot of them would be involved in some Pilates or yoga. You know, so a rest day is a good day to get those done. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a gentle walk or swing it's fantastic or jump up on the massage table and get a little bit of body work done yeah but yeah rest days are uh, they don't really exist yeah and uh, just jumping on the yoga it's something that you hear in all sports now that a lot of athletes are getting involved in is is that something that you obviously would encourage yourselves we would I think for me it's when what I call all boxes are ticked yeah so if we've dealt with a lot of the previous injuries already all joints can experience their full range of motion through three planes of motion. Then doing things like yoga and Pilates yeah. would be really, really beneficial. Or we might see somebody, you know, they're going into a Pilates studio and we have a little bit of a hip height. We have the spine leaning to one side and they're strengthening themselves in that shape and that posture. And so I sometimes say to the person, Look, here's a couple of drills to let's get alignment back in the spine, perhaps, um, and now go exercise. Now make that stronger. And that little addition for four, you know, a yoga session or a Pilates session can be super beneficial. But it is something that, yeah, we like to see is that kind of doing this uh, different type of training, that can have a huge knock-on effect to what they're doing. So something mm. like Pilates can have a, a massive knock-on effect. But we're basically cross-training and not just doing the one thing over yeah. and over and over. Uh, sometimes too much specialization actually will come into us yeah, um, yeah. but we actually have to experience something a little bit different and, and the brain and the body can get bored very very quickly and if we can yeah. just mix it up and, and change it that, that could be huge almost like a that's like a rest day yeah, <laughs> yeah. the body loves it and thrives off of it on uh, people are sick of me people who 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 live with me or surround me are sick of me uh talking about how important water is they'll have a headache or they feel lethargic or you know they're someone in a football team's getting you know i suppose tight hamstrings constantly and my answer is always water how important is water, water? oh it's absolutely vital With the right amount of fluids and then not just following again making something this making this very specific um, it's not just your two liters a day. It's actually, you know, there are apps out there to find out exactly how much you should have per, for your body weight. Right. And then mixing that with enough electrolyte um, is, is, a, is a one thing. And getting the balance right. We get a lot of people in that they don't have enough uh, fluid in their system. I see people that have too much yeah. water in their system as well and not enough electrolytes to balance that out. And that can be equally... Um, 
have a negative impact on, on the system as well. But certainly, I think society, society, we're getting up, and the first thing to go for is the coffee. Yeah, yeah. And you know, even if we could take the person, don't worry about the two liters or whatever matter needed today. Can you just get a glass of water first? Can you sip on this water? But in terms of getting the muscles hydrated, making sure that they, you know, they have a proper nerve signal for the muscles where hydration comes in. Hydration is really important for sleep. That's one of the big things we're finding. Um, how important sleep is. So being hydrated can really help with sleep patterns help with your cognition, how your brain is functioning and you're firing in all cylinders. So that's a that's a biggie. Yeah, yeah. So I'm right. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We have it in writing. <laughs> we have this recorded now. Uh, li- listen, I, I have you have a lot of people who talk about their ankles and how God, this is, this ankle it just keeps going all the time. There's, you know, I don't know. I've done all the stuff and that, but they actually don't really do anything. They just let it heal uh, itself without doing anything. Can you break down why a reoccurring injury keeps happening? Bar the obvious that they're they're, they're not doing, I suppose. <coughs> the work they need to do what is the breakdown and why it happens but bar that if you're looking at well one thing we would look at in clinic is previous injury yeah this is usually if you have an injury anywhere in your body you are 2.7 times more likely to have another injury anywhere else in your body widespread it is so if that injury is not fully rehabbed you're in such a high risk category now of re-injuring yourself yeah so that could be a good one. So, one that I would see an awful lot in clinic yeah. would be the person will try they have ankle injury in their history and just to ask them to stand on one leg. Uh, it's pretty surprising. They just cannot do it yeah, yeah, for yeah. a required amount of time. And they say, but, but I've been working this drill. I've been working on my balance. If you go through their history and something like as simple as a knock on the head from any time in their, in their life can impact their balance system, their inner ear balance system, known as your vestibular system. And if that's off, you can do as much balance drills as you like. They will not help. So seeing someone that um, is well-versed in vestibular rehab, inner ear balance rehab, can work wonders. And you can see a, a, a within-session change, literally an immediate change. Yeah. Um, and then it's go do that, that balance work. But again, you will see that Kind of going back to what we spoke about earlier, so the person will strengthen the ankle and not look at the global effect. Yeah, yeah. So it's important. The brain is huge. Sorry, John. It's important then uh, when you go with an injury to uh, a physio or, or, or anyone you're going to to give that history as detailed as you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. I go into a lot of detailed history, some surprising stuff um, that sometimes you have to draw out from people, um, but we encourage them that. Any injury ever, any fall, any you know, a car accident, down to actually even things like dental work, any extractions, <laughs> the jaw actually plays a huge role in human movement that a lot of people are not aware of. So even things like that uh, can be really surprising. It sounds sounds pretty odd and out there, yeah, yeah. But yeah, dishing out as much information to the practitioner as possible and letting them filter through it and find out what's relevant and, and not relevant. And making sure that that practitioner, that therapist, is looking at you, not just your ankle. Yeah, that's one of the big ones. In it, you know, initially, if it's been uh, pretty acute and you just sprained your ankle a week ago, yes, they may be just looking at your ankle. 
But if they discharge you saying, look, that ankle looks fine, I'd yeah. be really wary of that. I want to know that you look fine. Yeah. That yes. you're moving properly to a set criteria as well. Yeah. Holding them, you know, accountable. Can we bring that person through a movement screen? Uh, some sort of objective measure is what we want to avoid as well, where the practitioner goes, you look fine. You seem to be fine. Yeah. Can we find some objective test that says you are fine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and do a far more thorough job. For the, I suppose it, this would happen at any level, but a lot of amateur runners, shin splints or people who are starting off are a big problem. How do you treat them? What are they? A big one, this is a shin splint, the genuinely shin splint. Uh, is, is a big one. It's a, it's a common misdiagnosis. Sometimes we just get the, the, the muscle at the front of the shin just overworking. Yeah. And finding out uh, what muscle or muscle groups are underworking. This is what usually kind of missed out that we, we might have a very tight sore muscle somewhere and we just go stretch it, massage it, foam roll it, and it's not sufficient. Um, so it's finding out if that muscle is overworking, what in response to that is underworking yeah. yin and yang we have to find that that kind of balance part of it is people just going out and doing too much too soon that would be a, be a big one whether it's their their initial you know if they want to do a couch to 5k kind of or, to say. <laughs> or they've been out for a little bit with an injury and they just they want to get right back into the, the same level of running so doing too much too soon is a, is a big one as well yeah we start Start off doing something very gentle. Did you get away with it? Was it, you know, um, it wasn't overtaxing to the system. Yeah. And then, you know, as the week goes on, week by week, you're adding maybe 5%, 10% increase, not this big jump up, you know, 20% more volume. But if you, do the big, if you do the big jump up and you do feel that pain, how do you treat it quickly yourself, maybe even at home? What is the, what's the simplest thing to do? The simplest thing is to actually back off your workload. If you're finding that, say everyone's running, uh, the impact was a little bit too much, it's not to fully stop and rest. Like, can we get on the cross trainer a little bit? Can yeah. we get into the swimming pool? Keep the system moving. Keep the heart and lungs pumping over, but not pounding on um, the problematic muscle. Give okay. it a little bit of a, a rest um, directly. So obviously the whole body is working, but that, that muscle might be getting a little bit of a rest. Certainly try to stretch it and foam roll it. And if that's not working for you, um, that's the time then to, to look at getting to a therapist and finding out, okay, what is this muscle trying to do? They're always trying to, muscles will try to do something for a particular reason. It's not random. They're trying to help you out, even if they're sore mm-hmm. and complaining when you're, when you're running. They're trying to help you. Yeah. Um, they just might be a little bit sore to do it. So finding out why the body is doing this we- um, is a big one. But, uh, you know, for, for a local kind of a level, not to just jump into a therapist straight away day yeah, one yeah. is to keep the body ticking over cut back on the activity or it might be a case of we get a lot of people that might say look uh, I get this I get knee pain at 4k yeah. and I say well how is it at 3k oh it's fine well we'll do 3k <laughs> and, and we'll and slowly build up and they go oh yeah I never thought of that that's going to work <laughs> you know uh, build up build up slowly okay when we hear a lot of injuries, you know, I suppose, with metatarsals, people, you know, a car metatarsals weren't there 20 years ago. 
David, David Beckham discovered him. <laughs> but uh, even with discovery, even with MCL, ACL, uh, lateral ligaments in the knee, posterior, I suppose, at the back, uh, all these things are all coming to light because people are being a little bit more, I suppose, scientific uh, on on a basic level talking about these things. Are are these injuries? Do you see them in your practice? Is there more of these injuries, or are people actually coming into you? just afraid of these injuries now and they don't actually have these injuries? It's a great question and it's actually a little from column A and a little from column B. Okay. For sure, there's, there's definitely the fact of the B that their first thought is, oh my God, I'm after really damaging myself here. Um, and they go on the wonderful thing called Google. Oh yeah. Scare the, scare the crap out of themselves. They have cancer first and then they... <laughs> a, they've cancer. Yeah. B, they've ruptured uh, their, all the, their, their ligaments. Yeah, <laughs> is, is where it's at, and a lot of times that that's not the case. Um, it's not the case. You know, they, they might have just had a bit of muscle strain, not to downplay it, but um, yeah, we don't want to catastrophize things and give it a good uh, clear out. But certainly, you see the prevalence of something like an ACL absolutely increasing. Yeah, um, for sure. And why do you think that is? Is it, be, is, is it because people are, are getting fitter, sharper, twisting and turning quicker? There's a little bit of an element um, in that. I think sometimes we look at, again, there's more strength training now. Yeah, People are really aware of strength training. And sometimes we are strengthening things in a bias towards dysfunction. Okay. I remember one chap coming in, he had knee pains a few years ago. He had knee pain on one side, and the treatment he was brought through was some squats, loaded squats. And I put them, I put a lot of my patients, when they come in, I'll put them on two scales, one foot per scale, to see where they're resting their body weight. And this guy was putting 30 pounds of his body weight, or 30 pounds more pressure of his body weight, onto the painful side. Right. That painful side was taking the brunt of those squats. So what you're saying is stupidity has taken over. Possibly right? <laughs> oh, a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, if we can be that blunt, that's great. Speaking but of stupidity, that now would be brought through a single leg. Yeah, and a, you know, a right versus left appraisal. This doesn't even have to be a therapist to do this. This can be, you know, anyone in in, in a gym and in, in fitness. You look at okay, how many single leg squats or rear foot elevated squats or lunges can you do on one side? compared to the other. Yeah, yeah. There should not be a significant difference. If there's one rep in it, fair enough. Two reps in the difference, that's going to be significant. Yeah, um, yeah. So I speak, think speaking of stupidity... A lot more single-leg work, pretty much, is where we're, we're missing out on. And uh, speaking of stupidity, will you get a bit busier next week with uh, little muscle strains <laughs> from sledding, or I've I done the splits and I think I'm about to pull on my groin, or... Could be, yeah, might, might be. I don't want to be hopeful. That's horrible. To say. Just give, just give your name and number out there in case anyone's uh, struggling at home. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna throw it out there for sure. And if I'm not getting those calls, I'm gonna put banana skins all around the spine <laughs> with a business card stapled to the banana skin. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> throw out there. Where are you? How can people contact you, John? I am in Swan Leisure in Ratmines in Dublin Six. Okay. And my contact details uh, is John Shevlin, NMP, hotmail.com. And my contact number is 085 Great stuff. Well, John, listen, it's been a pleasure. Uh, if we ever have any other 
injury problems that people are looking to come in might even give you a, a, a bi-monthly slot or something like that but uh, they, uh, we, will, we will have you back on and uh, we, we will see how we get on with people's injuries because it's, it's the first thing when you go to a wedding or anything like that if you're a physio <laughs> you, you are you nailed, attract but you are cornered you are cornered you're in trouble <laughs> yeah, pretty much like, what do you think's going on you know, you there's nothing worse when that belt is being unbuckled hold on will you have a look at this oh Jesus <laughs> yeah the unbuckling of the belt here we go. Right, John. Thanks very much. If any of your listeners have any questions, feel free to post it, send it over to me. I'm always more than happy to answer questions, help out in any way I can. Great. Through Facebook, your 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 Facebook page is probably a great way to contact me. And Instagram, you're on Instagram as well, aren't you? All the and Instagram as as well for sure. The clinic is open until 8 p.m. on the evenings, and we're open on Saturdays as well. So. Opportunities if people need it outside of work. Well, thanks for coming on on your day off, John. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. Great to talk to you, Roy. Thanks very much. And we will talk to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.